I am not encouraging all of you to rush out, seek out debt, and then go stick it in a bunch of investments. I'm encouraging you instead to get rid of the notion that all debt is bad, to start learning when might it be helpful, and to start very slowly and carefully utilizing it if you see the opportunity to do so. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show. It's another Money Monday here where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. All right, so today we're going to talk about three lies about your money or three myths, three untruths, whatever you want to call it, three things that you've either heard that have been passed on to you as good advice or that very well-meaning people who love you and care about you have shared with you but unfortunately just aren't true. And worse than that, it's not that they're just not true, but they're holding you back financially. You know, there's an old saying that says, if you follow middle-class advice, then as far as you can get is the middle class. Now, this, this saying is not a dig on the middle class. The middle class is the most powerful uh, thing in an economy. It's what makes a country a country. It's what gives it its strength and its power and its identity, except it's disappearing. Like, let's be real. It doesn't take much Googling to find out that we are losing our middle class and we are losing it at a frantic pace. And the reason this is so important for me to share this with you is because there's becoming this great divide. People are either going up towards a wealthy life or they are going down towards a life of struggling and poverty. There's not going to be any middle abundant road anymore. It's not like the 40s and 50s where we had a robust middle class and that was where you wanted to be. I would love for everybody to be able to live a healthy, abundant middle-class life. It is, like I said, the strength of a country, but it is a fact that it is going away. It's evaporating right before our eyes. And there's a number of reasons why. And I don't have the fix, right, to prop up and have a healthy middle class. I don't know what that takes. But I do know some of the things that are causing it. You see, life is just getting more expensive. And it's always going to get more expensive. And you have to remember the law of wealth. The law of wealth, as I teach it, is that the money no matter where you insert it into the economy, will always flow from the financially uneducated and unmotivated to the financially educated and motivated. I mean, that just makes sense, right? It's always going to flow from those who are learning how to get it and those who are motivated to get it. It's always going to flow to them. 
So if that's the case, then what can you do to make sure you end up on the wealthy side of things and not on the struggling side of things? Well, you can stop falling for some of these traps that we were taught and that we continue to be taught by the large institutions that just want your money so that they can go get rich. So here's one of them. I'll give you an example. The first lie is this. Your savings account is the best place for you to save your money. Here's why this is a massive lie. Your savings account at your local bank right now is probably paying you less than 1%, maybe a percent, percent and a half. These online savings accounts, maybe you can get 2% or 2.5%, maybe even 3 I think I saw one the other day for 4%. But the problem is inflation is 7 and 8%. So you're literally, if you're getting 4% on your money, and that's a home run, and inflation is 8%, you're losing 4% of its buying power every single day that your money sits in a savings account. Now, we have to have some money accessible in savings. I always recommend 12 months of runway, right? What's runway? It is literally whatever your total monthly bills are to live and get by for a month times 12 months. That's 12 months runway. So you have to have that readily accessible at the drop of a hat in your checking and savings. But everything beyond that, I'm telling you, you need to pull out of savings because it's not the best place for your money to be. And you need to deploy it in investments. You have to have an investment mentality, not a saving mentality. A saving mentality is a lie because your savings is evaporating compared to the cost of things going up. An investing mentality means you're going to go out, you're going to seek those investments. And this is not the episode for it, but I've got plenty of other episodes on it. But you're going to go out and you're going to seek the investments that outpace inflation so that you're actually growing your wealth. So keep 12 months of runway in your checking and savings, but everything beyond that release those soldiers and get them out there fighting for your future wealth. The second lie you've been told is this, debt is bad. What do I mean by this lie? Why is, you know, it seems like common sense. Of course, credit card debt is bad. Of course, you know, having too expensive of a car loan is bad. Well, it depends on the kind of debt. This blanket policy of debt is bad, stay away from debt, is actually causing you to not use the very tool that the richest people in the world use to get richer. It's false propaganda. Now, when people share this advice, they either don't know how to differentiate between good debt and bad debt, or they're giving advice to the lowest common denominator, right? Advice that you're probably beyond. You could probably manage debt a little bit better than the average, or, or, or should say the person who just doesn't know how to manage it whatsoever. So let's break down good debt and bad debt. Bad debt is like consumer debt. You're buying bags or clothes or food or whatever it might be on credit cards, loans, et cetera. And I agree, consumer debt for anything that's not an appreciating asset is a very bad thing. But strategic debt, where you are only spending that debt on income producing and appreciating assets, well, that could be a good thing. I mean, listen. I will happily pay 6% on debt if it is invested somewhere that is yielding me 10% or 12%. Think about it. You're literally doubling your yield in that situation. You pay 6% on the debt, but you're making 12% by deploying that money. That's a 6% profit, a profit that, ready, here's the key, 
that you probably or may not have been able to invest in and generate if you didn't use debt for it. Now, I want to be crystal clear. I am not encouraging all of you to rush out, seek out debt, and then go stick it in a bunch of investments. I'm encouraging you instead to get rid of the notion that all debt is bad, to start learning when might it be helpful, and to start very slowly and carefully utilizing it if you see the opportunity to do so. I mean, your your home is a great example. Let's say, and you know, I don't believe in homeownership as an investment. So let's say an investment property instead. An investment property is a great example. If you can get a 5% mortgage, but you're getting a 10% overall return between the rent coming in and everything else on that home and appreciation. Well, in that case, that would be good debt. The mortgage on that investment property is considered good debt. Now, here's the key though. Here's how you know if you can handle the debt or not. There's something called your debt service. That just means how much are the monthly payments and can you handle them? Here's my rule of thumb if you're going to ever dip your toes into this foray. You don't want to count on your salary to pay debt, to pay interest on debt that you're going to go invest. Bad idea. The salary could go away. Now, instead, you want to make sure that you're taking your earned income first and you're going and you're investing that earned income, not debt, but your earned income into investments that kick off passive income and returns. Then take out only as much debt as what that passive income will cover, not your earned income. I think that's the only comfortable way to say that you can responsibly handle that monthly debt service. Let me repeat that. Take your earned income. Go invest it into things that that kick you back mailbox money, right? That give you great returns. And then when you have enough, if you really want to use debt to further your investments, then make sure that your the debt, the monthly service on that debt, the monthly payment on that debt is covered by that passive income coming in, right? The return on the crop that's growing, not on the seeds that you earn. That's how you know you can responsibly start uh, deploying some debt to get a bigger return on investments that you wouldn't be able to participate in if you didn't use debt. All right, so the, what's the third one? What's this third lie that everyone's told us? Well, it's the lie that your goal is to pay off your home as soon as possible. We've heard this growing up. We hear, uh, you know, the banks tell us that we tell every, we literally, we hear this all the time. Double your mortgage payments, pay it down quicker, uh, make double payments if you can't, pay extra each month if you can. No, stop. For the love of God, freaking stop. First of all, let's just use common sense. Let's say, let's say you have a $400,000 home and you've got $300,000 worth of a mortgage on it. At 6%, your payment, not counting your your insurance and, and uh, taxes, but just your regular debt payment on that would be about $1,800 a month at 6% on that $300,000, okay? $1,800 a month. Now, let's say you start making double payments. One year later, you've paid 12 extra payments of $1,800 each payment above and beyond the $1,800 that you're already scheduled to pay. So what is that? About 21, 22,000. I'm doing math on the, uh, you know, from the, the, the hip here. So give me a little leeway. Yay. You've paid it down an extra $21,000 or so, but did it make your actual house payments go away? No, you still have years to pay on that home. 
So now you took liquidity out of your pocket that could have been invested elsewhere. You stuck it into your home, right? So you could have a little more equity in it, except you can't really get that out unless you what? Go beg an underwriter to give you a loan and pay interest on the money that you just made double payments on. Think how dumb that is. You could have, instead of paying interest by taking out a home equity loan, instead of paying interest on that money that you just you know, chased, made double payments on to get it back out, you're stuck without that liquidity. So here's what you really need to be doing. Take that same $400,000 home with a $300,000 mortgage balance at 6%, right? $1,800 payment. Instead of making double payments on that, you should take that second payment and put it in a simple low-fee index fund at Vanguard or wherever it is that you want to open one. Here's why. 15 years later on that 30-year mortgage, 15 years later, your mortgage, if you did double payments, could be paid off. Yay. Except if you diverted those double payments to this investment. And by the way, low-fee index funds, they average about 10.87% since we've been tracking them since inception. So let's go low. Let's use 10%. $1,800 a month, that extra payment, invested in a low-fee index fund at 10% return, right? There's some good years, some bad years, but at 10% return average, after 15 years, that would be $754,000. So fast forward, in 15 years from now, what would you rather have? Would you rather have your mortgage paid off or would you rather have your mortgage paid down from 300 grand to about 200 grand by just by making the regular payments, but have an extra $754,000 in an investment account on top of that? I'd rather have the extra $754,000. And then, by the way, if you really wanted to, like let's say you're getting ready to retire, that's the only time that you should pay off your home is when you're gonna be on a fixed income. So if you really wanted to retire and then it made sense to have no, no home payment whatsoever, at that point, out of the 754 grand that you now have that you wouldn't have otherwise, take that 200 grand, pay off the rest of the mortgage, and you still have $554,000 left over that you wouldn't have had otherwise. You see why this is such a stupid lie? Like, ooh, make extra payments. Ooh, pay down your home as quick as you can. No, take those extra payments. Take that extra money. Invest it in a place that's going to give you a far bigger return. Now, here's the other point. Here's the other point. You get to double dip by doing that. I always teach equity in your home is the worst place for, the, for your equity to be because it's trapped. It's not double dipping for you. It's not outworking for you. Again, unless you're ready to retire or you're on a fixed income, you want to deploy as much equity in your home as possible to be out fighting for you, deploy those soldiers to be fighting for your future wealth. Let's use this same $400,000 home. Average appreciation on homes, not counting the last couple of years where it's crazy, like once in a lifetime type events. But since we've been tracking it, since the beginning of homeownership, average appreciation is 4 to 5% a year. Let's go high. Let's use 5%. So on that $400,000 home, 5% appreciation means your home went up 20 grand. It went from 400 to 420 that year. Now, here's the kicker. Whether you owed 300 grand on that home or whether you owed nothing on that home, the home still goes up 20 grand that year. So why would you want to have no mortgage and have all of your equity trapped in it and gain 20 grand on the home when you could actually have a mortgage on the home and be able to pay it, right? Be responsible, be able to pay that mortgage. But instead, 
then have all that equity invested somewhere that's earning you 10, 10 10.5% over time. You see what's happening? You get to double dip. The home's going to go up 20 grand, whether you owe everything on it or nothing on it. But you get to double dip by taking the equity and going and putting it somewhere else. Now you have more diversity. Now you've got two things going up, a house and your investment, not just the house. Anyhow, a lot of this advice was passed on to us by wonderful, loving, well-meaning people. And then a lot of it was also passed on by the institutions that want to keep you small so that they can make all the money, right? They want your money in the bank so that they can go and deploy it in the ways we're talking about. Do you know that if you put a hundred bucks in a bank, they're allowed to lend it out 10 times legally. So you put a hundred dollars in the bank, they're allowed to lend a thousand. Let that sink in. That's why they want your money in the bank. So lie number one, your savings account is not the best place for your money, right? Don't believe that it is. Lie number two, the lie that debt is bad. No, consumer debt is bad. In the right circumstances, strategic debt when invested can be great. It's what the biggest, richest companies and people in the world utilize. And number three, you've been told that your, your goal is to pay off your home as soon as possible. Make those extra payments, make those double payments. Nope. All you're doing is sticking your, your hard-earned money, your extra money into your home that you can't get out. Instead, take those double payments, go invest them, and double dip. Hopefully this helps you guys get ahead. You know I'm always cheering for you to get ahead. And you know I'm always texting you some of that money magic love every single morning that I wake up. If you want to wake up to a positive money mantra or a positive piece of business advice or a positive piece of of wealth advice every single morning when you wake up so that you can see the day through an abundant set of lenses instead of feeling strapped the minute you wake up, then all you got to do is just text me the word daily so I know to throw you on the list. It's totally free. I've been doing it for more than a year. I text thousands and thousands of you every morning and I love your responses. So text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Again, text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Thanks for listening, guys. Always love and appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.